This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Please be sure to subscribe and share with friends and family. To help support this ministry, please visit allentempleamecom slash donate. Thank you for listening. The scripture that was read in your hearing came from the book of Nehemiah, the eighth chapter and the first through the sixth verse. But allow me, if you will, just to re-emphasize and read again for you the fifth and the sixth verses. Here's what it says. Ezra opened the book in the sight of all the people, for he was standing above all the people. And when he opened it, all the people stood up. Then Ezra blessed the Lord, the great God, and all the people answered, Amen, Amen, while lifting up their hands as they bowed low and worshipped the Lord with their faces to the ground. As many of you are aware, our home, and in particular our basement, was completely flooded by Hurricane Ida. The water reached the ceiling of our basement, and if the rain had fallen with the same ferocity for at least another hour or two, the water would have breached the first floor of our home. As the waters receded and we were able to assess what remained, it was clear that we had suffered a significant amount of damage to our home. But despite all that devastation, we are still here and grateful to God that none of us was hurt. We're also aware that some of you in our own congregation also suffered some flooding, and our prayer is that we will all have a smooth process as we work towards our own recovery. But grieve as we must our losses, and with all of our disappointments, it's time to rebuild. In one week from now, we will be reopening the doors of Allen Temple for in-person corporate worship. We have been out of the building for almost two years, a year and a half to be exact, because of the COVID-19 pandemic. And during this time, we have had some people move out of the area and move away, and some that may never be returning to our doors. Like many of our homes, the church also suffered some flooding, and I'm grateful to our team that came and made sure that God's house, our place of worship, was clean and ready for God's people. But grieve as we must our losses and our disappointments. It's time to rebuild. The word rebuilding actually means to restore to a previous state. Now, in order to restore something to a previous state, it means that something had to be left in place and something had to be left intact or there can be nothing upon which to rebuild. In spite of all the hurricane winds, in spite of the torrential rain, in spite of all the flooding, something had to remain for there to be something upon which we can rebuild. I'd like to submit to you for your consideration, that the thing which remained was the foundation. Now, if you're familiar with buildings and construction, you understand that a foundation is what we build upon. And if the foundation is a good one, we can build and rebuild as long as that foundation remains in place and intact. I dare say there's a different kind of foundation that I want to speak about today. 
And I dare say that while the building's structural foundation was in place, and while it was intact, there is another foundation that is also in place and intact. This foundation was one that was not made with hands, but it would stand the test of time. This foundation was forged in the crucible of adversity, and it hold its solid framework in the bridge between heaven and the grave. This foundation was there long before there was a hurricane Ida, and it is this foundation that I want to talk about today. So as we consider this idea of rebuilding as we prepare to recover from Hurricane Ida, as we prepare to re-enter into our church sanctuaries for worship, I'd like to speak a message that I have titled, quite simply, A Solid Foundation. Let us pray. Eternal God, our Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, you are here. And so, Father, while you are here, I will step aside. And allow you, Holy Spirit, to do, Lord, what you have ordained for me to do for such a time as this. May I speak words that are clear with clarity and articulate with authority that can only come from having touched a holy God. For having a holy God touch these lips. Speak now, Lord, for your children, your servants, your people have now assembled and they are listening. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. One of the things that I like to do when I preach is I like to use metaphors. I find that metaphors have a way of making it very easy to kind of understand even sometimes difficult concepts. Whenever sometimes we're dealing with something that is a little difficult to understand, I find that the English language is extremely, or even any language for that matter, is extremely, extremely effective whenever it invokes or uses metaphors. So in order for us to understand what it takes to have what I've titled this message, a solid foundation, we're going to use a building and construction example as our working metaphor. I must admit there will be some technical terms I will use, but I will walk us through this process as we understand what it is that God would want us to know during these times of needing to rebuild and to reconstruct. To build a solid foundation, two things are needed. Two things. Whenever you're building a solid foundation, two things are needed. First, you need the right ingredients. Yes, you need the right ingredients. And the second thing that you need is time. Two things are required, the right ingredients and time. Let's look first at what some of these right ingredients are when we talk about using the metaphor of a building. There are five key ingredients that a builder needs in order to have a solid foundation. These five things are the site, the sand, the gravel, the cement, and water. I'll repeat that. The site, the sand, the gravel, the cement, and water. Beginning with the site, Without going into too much detail, suffice it to say that you first have to identify the site or the location of where it is you want to erect this building. 
You can't simply just build anywhere that you see fit. And for many of us, we start building things that we want but have not done enough research to figure out if where we are choosing to build is the right location. Am I preaching to someone yet? There are geological and environmental surveys that are done in order to make sure that the specific site is able to support the building structure that you want to erect. Likewise, in the biblical record, God often had a site designated for worship to occur. He designated Mount Sinai as a place for worship, and he also designated, even while the Israelites were moving through the wilderness, he always had the tabernacle as a site for them to worship. He would also, of course, have the temple in Jerusalem as a site for worship. As we can see from the very first verse in our text in Ezra, it said all the people gathered as one man at the square which was in front of the water gate. So you need to identify a good site as the first ingredient to building a solid foundation. Now you have the sand, the gravel, and the cement. After you have identified the site, you're required now to dig a hole, and you need these next three components as you dig this hole. The sand, the gravel, and the cement. They have to be mixed in the right proportion in order to form the base, which we will call concrete. These three ingredients, sand, gravel, and cement, can be compared metaphorically in our text as the law, the people, and the podium. The law, the people, and the podium. Look again with me at the text beginning at verse 2. Then Ezra, the priest, brought the law before the assembly of men, women, and all who could listen with understanding on the first day of the seventh month. He read from it before the square, which was in front of the water gate from early morning until midday in the presence of men and women, those who could understand. And all the people were attentive to the book of the law. Ezra, watch it, church, the scribe stood at a wooden podium which they had made for that purpose. So what we see here is that these three ingredients, the law, the people, and a podium, form a base for true and authentic worship to be built. Like the building foundation needs the sand and the gravel and the cement in order to build a solid foundation church. We need the word of God. We need the people of God. And we need the pulpit in order to form a formidable base to have a solid foundation on which to build our worship. Now to be clear, the word of God, the people of God, and the pulpit in and of themselves is not enough and cannot build a solid foundation. Like the building, having sand and gravel and cement all mixed together can do absolutely nothing in creating a solid foundation. There is something else that is required in order for all these three things to work together for the good, which brings us to the fifth and the final ingredient. And that last ingredient is water. 
water is now the main ingredient because it has the unique quality of being able to cause the sand, the gravel, and the cement to connect in unison and in such a way that they're all operating on one accord. The cement in the concrete needs the water, here we go, to hydrate and form something called calcium silicate hydrate, hallelujah, which is the glue that holds the sand, the gravel, and the cement to adhere and cling to each other in such a way that they could not do all by themselves. Now, the right amount of water is critical to making the foundation solid, Reverend Ken. And when it is mixed just right, this new substance, which builders call mortar, when it is formed, it is able to flow and seal up any cracks in any area of the hole that might cause problems in the future. I don't know if you're hearing me. It is a plan that prepares for any eventuality in the building of this solid foundation, the mortar causes the foundation to have compressive strength, high resistance to cycles of freezing and thawing, high resistance to damage from sulfates in the soil, low permeability, and a minimum potential for corrosion of reinforcing steel. Now, now this is all very technical stuff. I get it. I get it, and, and, and I, but I wanted you to get a really good sense of the power of water in making the sand, the gravel, and the cement work together. Without the water, the sand, the gravel, and the cement in and of themselves is insufficient to make the foundation solid. So my brothers and my sisters, this property of water that I just described is doing exactly the same thing that the Holy Spirit does when it causes those three ingredients of the water, the people, and the pulpit to all be on one accord. When the Holy Spirit is applied in just the right measure, there is a flow. And when this happens, this new material is formed and is able to be poured out into any hole or any crack that may emerge in our lives. The Holy Spirit functions just like the water in the building metaphor. And as you and I know, the Bible often uses water as a reference for the Holy Spirit. Now, now, now the fascinating thing for us to see in our text is that the place, the place where Ezra is having the foundation built, the site where Ezra is having this foundation built is called, here it is, the water gate. The water gate. You see, it's not by accident that that site was chosen for him to bring the ingredients of the word, the people, and the pulpit together. And with the right measure of the Holy Spirit, that mortar seals any cracks in any foundation that you are building. No matter how deep you dig a hole in your life, you're still going to have some breaches. But the Holy Spirit, the mortar of the Holy Spirit, will find those little crevices, those little cracks. It will seep inside it and oh God when it dries there is nothing, nothing that can overcome this solid foundation now <laughs> these five ingredients as I shared before Sister Paula are only the first thing that we need in order to have a solid foundation pastor what's the second thing you told us I forgot, well the second thing that you need, Brother Eve, in order to have a solid foundation 
is you need time. Mm. Time. You see, when the site has been determined, when the hole has been dug, when the sand and the gravel and the cement have been carefully mixed with water, we now pour the mortar into the hole and then we wait. We have to wait for the mortar to settle into all the crevices of the hole and be allowed enough time to dry. Time is the one thing that is completely out of your and my control. You see, we can come into the house of God. We can bring all the people together. We can open up God's word. We can preach from the pulpit. But if we don't give it some time, then our preaching might just be, and our worship might just be in vain. We live in a time where people have a microwave mentality. And so they don't want to go spend any number of time in church. There was a time when we used to be in church all day, wailing. But now we only need a 30-second quit hit and thank you, I'm out. What we need is a flipping right now through channels and YouTube just to get a little bit of something, but we haven't allowed the word. We haven't allowed the foundation to seal enough and spend enough time allowing it to get hard. Time is the one thing that is completely out of our control. If the conditions are not just right in terms of climate, it may take a long time or even a short time for the mortar to dry. If the time is too short, then the mortar will dry too fast and it may come brittle as a foundation. But the longer the time takes for the mortar to dry, then the solid foundation becomes stronger and stronger. Alan Temple, we have been an organized ministry for over 74 years. Over these 74 years, we as a church community has seen major rains. Over these past 74 years, we have seen severe flooding. Over these past 74 years, we have seen hurricane-force winds. And over these past 74 years, we have seen major storms with major mold in our building. But that's on the physical side. Over these 74 years, you've seen good pastors and challenging pastors. Over these 74 years, you've seen committed followers and fair-weather followers. Over these 74 years, you have fought against demons and powers and principalities in very high places. Yet, despite all of that, 74 years have passed and we are still standing. Well, Alan Temple, I'm here to simply tell you. That the reason you are able to get through the storms, the rains, the floods, and the hurricanes, and the pastors, and the fair weather followers is because our church was built on a solid foundation. This solid foundation was not a structure that was built with hands or even brick or mortar, but it was built on the spiritual foundation of worship and praise. We have a group of people we call the Templeites, Sister Johnson and Sister Yvette and even Sister Doreen and Sister English. We had people, and Jesse, we had people who were praying when it seemed like this church was dead and the doors was about to be closed, but it was built on a solid foundation from the time Mother Newkirk and Pastor Newkirk and all of those before were in this church they were building a solid foundation and time oh my god time was happening in a way that was saying you may bend church but you will not 
break. You see, your, your, your worship and your praise had all the right ingredients and it stood the test of time. And for that, the winds may come, but we will still stand. The rains may come, but we still will stand. The storms may come, but we still will stand. In fact, when the enemy shall come in, like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will rise up and lift up a standard against them. So they shall fear the name of the Lord from the west and all his glory from the rising of the sun until the going down of the same. So let all the forces come at us. For the truth is, if they did not stop us after 74 years, there is no way in hell that they will stop us for the next 74 years. For my brothers and sisters, join with me, for our hope was built on nothing less than on Jesus' blood and on his righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. When darkness veils his lovely face, I rest on his unchanging grace in every high and stormy gale my anchor holds within that veil oh lord let me keep going when he shall come with trumpet sound oh may i then in him be found clothed in his righteousness alone faultless to stand before his throne on christ the solid rock I stand and all other ground, all other ground is sinking sand. The dominant theme of this chapter in the book of Nehemiah is the declaration of the word of God. It's explication and the people's consequent response. The scene opens up with a happy confidence of a congregation anxious to hear the word and the law of God read to them by a teacher willing to match their demands. It should be noted that the very first anticipated, I don't know if y'all are hearing me, church, church, they first anticipated the reading with reverent expectation and they listened attentively throughout the long morning as it was read and explained to them. Finally, they were responsive both to the reading itself as their weeping showed in verse 9 and to its interpretation in verse 12. Church, expectancy, expectancy should mark our approach to the reading and the preaching of God's word and responsiveness to living it out in our daily lives. That is the primary purpose. The word of God is the basis and an integral part of building that solid foundation. So my brothers and my sisters, as we think about how we've come through the ravages of this most recent storm, and as we prepare to re-enter the church doors next Sunday, let us come with a different kind of faith and expectancy. Don't just come to church because you, are, you miss being in church. Let us come expecting God to do something different in our lives. Let us build back Allen Temple 
better than it was before. With our praise and with our worship, let us let the water of the Holy Spirit come in. We have to recognize that we have an opportunity to rebuild the house of God. And we have a solid foundation in what we know to be the chief cornerstone, which is Jesus Christ himself. He is our solid foundation. And he requires that we all, the word, the people, the pulpit, all the ingredients, that we be on one accord, assembled as one man, and that we adhere to the authority of the scriptures, the reading, the hearing, and the understanding of his holy word. For what then shall we say, brothers and sisters, when you come together, each of you has a hymn or a word of instruction, a revelation, a tongue or an interpretation, everything must be done so that the church may be built up. Verse 6 in Nehemiah says, Then Ezra blessed the Lord, the great God, and all the people answered, Amen, Amen, while lifting up their hands. Then they bowed low and worshipped the Lord with their faces to the ground. Brothers and sisters, anything less than your full participation in worship when the doors of the church are reopened and we seek to rebuild this great church that has stood the test for 74 years, when we do that and come with our full expectancy and exuberance, anything less will be sinking sand. May the Lord richly, richly bless you, my beloved.